All right. Well, we want to look into God's Word. If you've got your Bible with you, you can turn to the uh, Gospel of John chapter 15, and we're going to start there this morning. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk about relationships today. You know, relationships are a, a big part of who God created us to be. We relate to people on all levels, and, and those relationships that we have affect us in so many different ways. And certainly the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior has a great effect on us. But uh, I want to talk about that today because, you know, there's just all levels of relationship, and there's great power in relationships. Certainly our relationship to our Lord. There's a great power in that and how close we are to him and how we can relate to him. And, um, you know, we recently had a simulcast here uh, at church and uh, the speaker was talking about uh, constituents, comrades, and confidants. And, you know, he defined it as uh, uh, constituents being someone that that's uh, uh, agreeing with you as opposed to something. And whereas comrades is someone that's in agreement with you that you're both in favor of. And then, of course, there's confidants. There's that relationship that we just have a closeness to someone, someone that we can trust, someone that we can depend on, rely on, someone that we have confidence in. So there's all levels of relationships that you and I experience. Amen? And, of course, in our, just in our everyday lives, you know, we have, we have acquaintances, we have friends, we have best friends. We have significant others. You know, we have uh, mates, soulmates, helpmates, as the Bible says. You know, all levels of relationships. And they all affect how we relate to each other. And the power of relationships. You know, when we're going through a crisis in life, who would you want to be there? A stranger or someone that's maybe your best friend to support you? Big difference there. Or when circumstances are beyond our own ability or our own control, you know, whom would we rather rely on? Someone we just barely know or someone that for years has built a relationship with us that we have confidence and we have uh, trust in them, that we know they're not going to walk out on us, that they're going to be there for us. So quite a difference, quite a range from just acquaintances all the way to someone that we know is going to be there for us that we can rely on. There's power and there's security and there's strength in a relationship that we can bring into our life. You know, this fact about relationships is never so true as when we consider our relationship with the Lord. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we think about that. You know, um, if you look at this scripture in John 15, John 15, and let's begin in verse 13. Jesus is speaking here and he says, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. Isn't that awesome that our Lord and Savior would call us friends? Wow. You know, I, I don't know what your concept of God is, you know, how you grew up. You know, I know many of us, and certainly mine, you know, growing up, uh, maybe because, you know, I wasn't so good when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, you grew up thinking, having the impression that, you know, God's this God with a big stick, and if you mess up, he's going to clobber you. Amen? And many of us, that was it. And, you know, the devil did a good job at convincing us of that. Because every time something went wrong in life, he was quick to point out, uh-huh. 
that's because you did this or you did that. But, you know, Jesus said that we were friends. We were friends. Yes, he's our Savior, but relationally he calls us friends. And what about the Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus declared him to be the helper. He's our our helper, the one that would walk alongside us, the parakletos. He said that, you know, he would never leave us or forsake us. He's our helper. In John 14, uh, 17, he said that, uh, that he would, uh, we would know him because he would not only be with us, but he would be in us. Well, that's close, huh? He would be in us. Relationships, we're talking about relationships. But look at this. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray in Matthew 6, in verse 9, he said this, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. You know, why not? Why didn't he say our God who is in heaven or our Lord or our King? Why didn't he? He said our Father. You know, I believe that there's a, there's a definite distinct reason God wants to relate to us as our Father. There's certain things about a father's relationship that's like no other. Oh, let me tell you. And I think, you know, brothers and sisters, if you and I just looked around us and see what havoc the enemy has uh, wrecked on fathers and in the family and all that, I think that alone is an indication of the impact, the power that there is in a fatherly relationship. But I want to look at that today. I just want to explore that a little with you. I just believe that today is going to be a day of healing. And and I'll be honest with you. You know, I felt I have a great dad or had a great dad. He's deceased. But, you know, even in that, as I uh, prepared this, I'm telling you, over and over, I just felt inadequate. Realizing that, man, my earthly father, as good as he was, it's like if it's here, God is like that relationship is up there. And it's hard for us to understand that. It's difficult for us to understand that. But I I want to point to three reasons why the Lord God would want his relationship toward us to be a fatherly relationship. I think that was very purposeful and that he did that. And why only a fatherly relationship could adequately, uh, adequately depict what God wants to be to us. Only that relationship. And why only a fatherly relationship could be the one that can take bruised and, uh, and wounded children and nurture them back to relational wholeness again. Only a father's love. Only a father's love could do that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, I, I want to mention this before I even get into all that. You know, there's one thing that will greatly affect our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and that is the difference between who He really is and the difference between who we think He is. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, our earthly relationship or our relationship with our earthly Father, we tend to relate that to our Heavenly Father. And and as good as we may have uh, a relationship with our earthly Father still, That level is here, and he's way up there. We've got a lot to learn about that relationship, but there's a power there, brothers and sisters, 
There's a power there that, that just is an anchor to our life when we walk in a relationship with a father. And I, and I know that today I'm talking to many of you in here that we fathers have not done a good job. But there's healing. God can take us from that and he can move us to that place where we can have a relationship with a heavenly father that will be a stability, a strength, and an anchor to our lives. Amen? Amen. My first point is this. First of all, he's called the most high. Remember that? The most high. He's the most high God, but he's the most high father. He's the it's the highest of all relationships, a father's relationships. It's the highest of all. And when we speak of God as being the most high, positionally it means that he's at the top. There's no greater God. There's no stronger God. There's no bigger God. He's at the top. And when we consider him as the most high relationally, it simply means that there's no other relationship that can exceed the closeness that we can have with him and that can exceed exceed the strength that you and I receive through that relationship. A relationship with the most high. He's the most high father, the most high. You know, when we consider the God-created relationship of marriage where he uh, declares that the two become one, it lends understanding, I believe, to what Jesus said in John fourteen ten, where he said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? And I believe that the closeness of a marriage relationship where two become one, I think that's a picture of what God wants us to be with him. Where we become one, if you will. Jesus said, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. And then further, when Jesus said of the Holy Spirit that he would be with us and also in us. Oh, I'll tell you, the most high, the highest of relationships that we can have, the fatherly relationships. You know, um, I know you know this. Uh, Brother Todd and Pastor Nick had been going down to LPCC and ministering to some of the inmates down there. And then, then I began going about five weeks ago when we began ministering. You know what the biggest problem is? No father or bad fatherly relationship. I'm telling you, over and over, over and over. It just has such an effect, such an impact on a life. It, it, like it, it just, there's no anchor. There's no anchor. It takes the stability out. It's gone. It's incredible what that does. But our God is a redeeming God. He is a redeeming God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And B, it's the most fulfilling of all relationships. It's the most fulfilling of all relationships. In Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3, and I want to read beginning in verse 14. The scripture says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Listen, I believe that that 
fatherly relationship that you and I need with our Heavenly Father is the channel, is the doorway, if you will. It's the corridor that the fullness of God comes through. How can we receive what God has from for us if we can't trust Him? How can we receive what He has for us if we can't relate to Him? If we're struggling in that. And you know, oh man. You know, I was probably, maybe, maybe in my mid-40s, the first time I ever hugged my dad. Now, I know to some of y'all that sounds like, what? But hey, you know, that's how we grew up. When, when we saw each other, we greeted each other with a handshake. You know, the, 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 when, after George and I were married, the first time when she met dad, you know, they were, they, she grew up in a hugging family. And boy, when she walked up to my dad and hugged him, he was like this. <laughs> like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> and you know, and I don't remember, it was maybe his, I don't recall, maybe his 60th birthday or some, something like that. And, and man, they were coming to the house and I was, I was trembling. I had never hugged my dad before. Not as an adult. I had a card for him. And when he got there, I handed him the card. And of course he stuck out his hand to shake my hand. And I looked in his eyes and I said, you know what? That's just not going to do it anymore. And I grabbed him and hugged him. Pow. You know what? He wanted it as bad as I did. Oh, man. It's amazing how we can get caught up, how we can grow up. We can live in the same household with someone and almost just acquaintances and not even be friends or best friends. Or that significant somebody else, you know, that can have the greatest impact on our life. Ooh. It's strong. The fullness of God. In that scripture, it means fullness. It means completion. It's a picture of a ship with a full cargo and a full crew. It's a picture of a town with no empty houses. Everything's covered. That's a fatherly relationship. Man, when you got that in your life, I'm telling you, it's, you got it all covered. You got it all covered. And I'm telling you, you find somebody, even in church, okay? You find somebody that's just stable and they're solid and they just do what they're supposed to do and they do the way they're supposed to do it. You go ask them about their daddy. Go ask them. And I'm going to tell you what, most every time you're going to find out what kind of daddy they had, and it was the right kind. They had that relationship. It was an anchor to their life. They grew up knowing who they are, knowing what they were supposed to be, knowing what they were supposed to do. Oh, man. But when it's missing, y'all, it's like we're looking for something we can't find. We keep looking. And see, it's the stability of all relationships. I've mentioned that. It's the stability of all relationships. You know, if I lose focus of that fatherly relationship and instead seek after the things that my father has, I will abuse the power, misuse the provision, and miss the purpose that he has for me. I'm telling you, you know, for years after I got saved, I'm not going to say how many years, 
Man, I was trying to get a grip on this thing called Christianity and walk, you know, and, and man, I know I'm supposed to have the promises of God and the blessings of God and the provision of God. And, you know, and I got to have my faith confession going on and have all this stuff. I was going after the things my father had. And I didn't have a relationship with him like I should. But, you know, I began to find out that if I go seek after him and get past all my fears and my bad and, you know, notions and all that about a father and, you know, how that relationship, man, the stuff just came with it. I just needed to work on that relationship. It's the fullness. It's the fullness. It's the stability. It's stability. And you listen, it not only puts stability in my life, but it puts stability in my relationship with others. You see that, huh? And listen, I mean, it's an anchor. It's an anchor. And you know what? When you have that relationship going with your heavenly father and you've got that stability in your life, you do know that, you know, you're going to have some wounds that's going to bump up against other people's wounds and it's going to make sparks. It's going to, it's going to happen. Okay. Because we've all got them. But you know what? When we have the stability of a relationship with my father, it's okay. It's okay because it's not going to knock me off my track. It's not going to knock me out of kilter, off my axis. Why? Because I've got a stable relationship with my heavenly father. And there's a lot of things that you could say about that. Number one, he'll fix it. He'll fix me. He'll fix the relationship. That's the stability that that brings into my life. He's the most high. That relationship will permeate and leaven through my life out to others around me. We can be the anchor to them many times. Maybe my daughter won't listen to this tape. I'm going to say this. There's probably one or two of you in here that's, you know, had a teenager at one time that, whew, it was a wild ride. (laughs) Had one of them. Oh, man, I was like, Lord, please, put me to sleep or something. (laughs) Six or seven years would be great. But I'm going to tell you what the Lord showed me, just showed me a vision. You know, in the old Western Corral where they break break the Broncos, you know, and you got this post about this big, just planted right in the middle of that thing. I mean, it's planted. And that horse is tied. He's got a halter on and it's got a rope tied to that post. And he's bucking and kicking and pulling against that post like he wants to rip it out of the ground, but he can't. And the Lord said, you're the post and she's the horse. If you give up now, there's no telling where she'll end up. Lord. Man, posts get tired. (laughs) Whew. fatherly relationship. There's power, y'all. My next point is, he's the great I am. He's the great I am. You know, just like a young child looks up to his daddy, and without the shadow of a doubt, knowing that standing before him is the answer to whatever he needs. His daddy can be all and do all. He can whip your daddy with one hand behind his back. He's not afraid of anything. He's got all the answers. 
Now, of course, I'm talking about a kid that's before 13, you know, younger, because that stuff begins to fade at about that age, you know, maybe a little before that, you know. But, but look what, what the Lord said. In Jeremiah 17, 5, it says, uh, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. You know, you know what God is saying there? He's saying, I'm your daddy. Look to me. Don't you go looking nowhere else. You, you in this family. You look to me. You don't belong to the world's family. You belong to this spiritual family. You're special. You're set apart. I don't treat my family like the world treats their family. You belong in this family. My ways are not their ways. You need to come and learn the ways of this family because I'm different. I'm the father of fathers. There is none higher than me. I'm the great I am. I'm the most high. And you need to come learn what its life is about in this family. Don't go look into another one. It's different. It's different. In Psalm 105, it's, it's an awesome song. You know, it's kind of a history of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, being led to the promised land, beginning in verse 6. It says, O seed of Abraham, my servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. God was saying, that's my kids. Now, you remember the story. There was a couple of times God wanted to kill them. But, you know, if you're a parent, you understand, right? Okay, certainly if you've had a teenager. It's like, Lord, I need some grace here. (laughs) But, you know, down in verse 14, verse 14 and 15 of Psalm 105, says he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Sounds like a father to me. Sounds like a father to me. Don't you touch my kids. Yeah, I know they're bad sometimes. And sometimes they don't even know where they live at anymore and all that stuff. They forget who I am, but they're my kids. They're my, that's a father's heart. He's my father. He's my protector. He's my protector. Amen. Father's heart. In verse 37 of Psalm 105 says, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among them. He's my father, my provider. He's my father, my provider. He blessed his people in a way that was contrary to the world's way. You know, I think one of the biggest problems you and I have and in relating to our Heavenly Father are just simply the ways of the kingdom of God. It's just different. It's just different. I mean, his children, the ones that he wanted to kill a couple times, you know, God did all this stuff for. You know, you know look, they were driven out of Egypt after God destroyed the place because Pharaoh wouldn't let them go, and yet the Egyptians gave them all their gold and silver. Figure that one out. God said, look, my ways are not your ways. I do things in ways that you don't understand. You're in a different family. You belong to me. You need to learn of me. My methods are different. They're unique to this family. I've set you apart. You're mine. I've got what you need. I've got what you need now, and I've got an inheritance for your future. 
That's what our father has. And then next, he's my father. Through him is my purpose. Through him, that connection to my heavenly father, that's my purpose. That's what he has for you and I. Okay, look, Ephesians 1 and verse 11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined. Don't you like that word? It's like God's already figured it out. That's what that means. God's already figured it out. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He's got it laid out. He's got it planned. You know, if I find my purpose in my job, one day when I retire, what am I going to do? Do I lose my purpose? But if my purpose is through him, guess what? It's eternal. Man, there's no win. I might change jobs. I might quit showing up at this place. I might do something. But the purpose, his eternal purpose, it never goes away. Why? Because he's my father. I'm plugged into that family. That's my purpose. That's what I live for. That's who I identify with. I've got a relationship with him. I belong to that family. That's who I am. That's who I am. It's eternal, y'all. And the third thing is he's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. You know, when we belong to a family, I I tell you what I, I think about when I read that. There is no a better nap than at mama's house in that recliner. Man, that is peace. George gets aggravated at me sometimes. I said, why do you want to go there? Or you do sleep. (laughs) It's peaceful, man. You know, they accept me. You know, it doesn't matter. I can show up. I hadn't shaved in three days. Or I can show up with a coat and tie. It don't matter. It don't matter. (laughs) Whatever. I'm accepted. Oh, it's so peaceful. I can sleep. You know what I'm talking about. Place of peace. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. There's peace through acceptance. Peace, you know, when you're accepted. And brothers and sisters, when we know that my heavenly Father has accepted me, He's forgiven me, man, I can show up, just before him any time. And when he looks at me, he sees white. I'm accepted. And you know, the world out here might go crazy. Everything around me might be going crazy. I might have people wanting to bite my back pockets off. But you know what? When I shut the door and go get alone with God, it's peaceful. It's peaceful. (sighs) And we can come out of there and stay peaceful. He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. Place of acceptance. You know, oh man, I, I know we can't even comprehend what God feels or thinks when he looks at us. I, I think about this, you know. You know, go down to women's and children's over there, you know, when they got the curtains open and all the little babies in there. 
And I think of it this way. Yeah, it could be, you know, two dads, but I think of, of grand, grandpas because I'm one of them now. And it's like, man, that's a whole nother level, right? Those of y'all who aren't there yet, you graduate one day. It'll be, you'll get there, right? But you know, you got two grandpas looking through the glass. And what I'm going, that, that's my grandchild, that, the, the cute one. See that cute one over there? Isn't that the prettiest baby you ever saw? And that other one walks away thinking, my God, that's the ugliest baby I ever saw in my life. And it's like, <laughs> that's got to be how God does, right? I mean, you know, when you looked at your little, your newborn baby, you didn't go, oh, shit, look a little sinner. <laughs> she didn't. It's like, <laughs> you know, and even when they're three and four and five, you know, yeah, you got those days when you want to kill them. But look, it's like, that's my baby. That's my baby. And, you know, when God looks at us, he's not remembering what you did day before yesterday. Or what you said because you had to get out of bed this morning and go to work. (laughs) You know, he's not upset when you said, oh, God, I got to go to work. He's probably just, okay, at least they called upon my name. (laughs) At least I got something out of this. What's your impression of your father? Man, you've been washed in the blood. There's a cross between you and him. It's like, whew. You're a pretty baby. Just receive that, okay? <laughs> a father's acceptance. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. But look. When we miss out on the peace and the security of a father because of a lack of acceptance, it causes major problems. It causes, it causes major relational problems. Why? We're not anchored. We're not anchored. But our heavenly father, the father of fathers, has accepted us And therefore, we can choose to let his peace rule over us. Man, you can take that and go somewhere with it. Amen? We walk in that peace of acceptance. And then, and next, there's peace through his love. There's peace through his love. You know, just a hug can change everything. You know, I said, you know, my didn't have those, you know, from my dad. But I do remember this. I don't know. I have one brother. He's a year younger than me. And I, and I do remember, you know, I don't know, I maybe four or five years old. I don't know. Uh, I remember at night, you know, he would, uh, we had a rocking chair in the living room and he would uh, take my brother and I and put us each on one knee and rock us to sleep singing the latest Hank Williams song. <laughs> hey, it was, it was cool, you know. Whew, man, I, I remember just laying there, you know, sitting on his knee and him just rocking and singing. And, oh, man, there's a peace there. And, you, and you, know, uh, you know, for those of us who are males, maybe we can't identify with that. But I know, you know, I know that when I hug one of my daughters, oh, 
Man, I, I, it's almost like a cloud. just, And it's almost like they just let go of everything that they, they were trying to hold on to. Just, just let go. Man, the peace that comes just from a hug. You know, when you hug your child, hug your daughter, and that love is just released there. Thank you, Lord. You know, it, it doesn't matter if all the wheels just fell off the wagon. It doesn't matter if all the apples are out of the cart. Man, just a hug. Put them all back. Put the wheels back on the wagon. It makes it all good. Amen? Makes it all good. We can experience that. Men and ladies, of course, just go get in the presence of your heavenly father and just realize that's what he wants to do to you. He wants to hug you. I don't know how you relate to him, but I'm going to tell you, one of the most valuable things that I have for me is when I can go in that prayer room and just sit down. And I say, Father, I need to talk to you. He's always been there. He's always been there. And you know what? I don't have to be afraid that I can only tell him the good stuff. I can tell him all the stuff. He accepts me. He accepts me. It's all good. I don't have to hide anything. Don't have to cover anything he knows anyhow. So all there, he's my heavenly father. Now look, you know, I said earlier that the one thing that will greatly affect all of this is the difference between who your heavenly father is and who you think he is. And I know, y'all, that the things of life can mess with that a lot. Relationships, we're so relational. And we're so fragile. And we get hurt and we get banged and we get bruised. And we battle through that in life. But I believe that the greatest healing is when we start building a relationship with the father of fathers. With our heavenly father. That it it brings healing. It brings healing. And as I said, I know that some of us as fathers have not done such a good job. And and today you may be suffering for that. Your relationship with your heavenly father may be suffering because of the relationship that you had or the lack of with your earthly father. I understand. But I believe today is the day of healing. And you can begin to realize a whole new view of that heavenly uh, relationship with your heavenly father who he really is, and understand more and more of why he chose to be a father to you and not just to God. Why he chose to be a father to us and not just the Lord. He wants to be our father. He wants to be our father. Listen, I want to take time today before we finish the service to have an opportunity to pray. And and I I know that, you know, God can do anything he wants, of course. But I do know that sometimes just an altar call and a a prayer on Sunday morning doesn't fix everything. 
But I know this, that an altar call and a prayer on Sunday morning can break through a barrier that you've maybe got between you and your heavenly father because of experiences you had with an earthly father or even in other relationships where you have trouble trusting. When I was before the Lord at one time and dealing with, uh, well, he was dealing with me about doubt, okay? And this is what he said. He said, many that you have depended upon have let you down. But he said, you've never trusted anyone like me. And I want to say to you this morning, you've never trusted anyone like him. There is no other father. He's the great I am. He's the most high. He's just the prince of peace. He is the one that we can have a fatherly relationship that will be right across the board every day and in every way. So won't you stand to your feet as we uh, close the service. And I want to say, first of all, if you do not have of a relationship at all, if you have not surrendered your life to the Lord, your Savior, we got to start there, okay? That's the doorway. That's the doorway. And so I want to give that invitation, first of all. If you've never surrendered your life to the Lord and received Him as your Savior, that'll get you in the door of the household, That'll get you into the family. And I want to give that opportunity today. And then secondly, if you're suffering, and, and listen, you know, here's, here's the, the, the greatest indication. When we're having trouble in relationships with other people around us, guess what? That, that area of relationship to a father is usually the main problem that that's been bruised, damaged, been broken, or non-existent. And I believe God wants to give us a breakthrough today. And so if you need healing in that area, in that relational area, that you would be able to relate to your Heavenly Father in a greater way, I just want you to begin coming up. I'm going to ask the altar workers to come up and uh, the other pastors, and we're going to pray today for that breakthrough, that to get through that barrier, that you would be able to relate to your heavenly father and begin building a closeness to him. As I looked at this and just worked on this message, I, as I said earlier, I felt very, very in, inadequate just to try to, whoo, it's like I know this much and there's just such a great amount to understand about a father, fatherly relationship. And so if you need prayer this morning, I want you to begin coming up. We're going to have the, the workers up here to pray with you. And let's just ask the Lord to touch us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you for your grace today, O Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are our heavenly Father. You're the Father of fathers, Lord. You're the one, Lord, that can put your arm around us and cause all the world to go away, all of the problems to melt away, O God. Father, we thank you today for your grace. Father, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, if you need prayer, come on up. We're going to pray and, uh, and minister to those that might need prayer. The rest of you, God bless you. We look to see you again Wednesday or Sunday. Amen. Go build that relationship bigger, stronger, higher, greater with your heavenly Father. Amen.